Well, I enjoy kids, and especially if it's my grand kid, you know. And I always look for a nice story to begin with. So I have a little story for you today. Uh, it's a, a father who uh, taught his uh, son some math, okay? I like stories of children too. So uh, the first great teacher asked one of her students if he knew his numbers. So he said he did, that his father had taught him. I look in the congregation, I see Sally sitting there in the, in the back, and thank God she's back here. <laughs> Friday morning she was in the ER, and uh, Sunday morning she's before the Lord at the church. This is a miracle, thank God for that. Amen. Praise God. So uh, uh, the student said, yeah, he, uh, he knew his numbers and that his father had taught him. Okay, the teacher said, let's see how much he taught you, your father. The boy agrees, so the teacher asked, what number comes after two? Three, the boy answered. And what comes after five? Six. What comes after eight? Nine. The teacher was pleased with the boy. Very good, praised the teacher. It looks like your father did a great job. So tell me, what comes after 10? A jack, the boy answered. <laughs> he said, send me your mother. Man, this is how we teach our kids <laughs> numbers. Uh, in uh, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, and verse 4, if you want to follow, it's a beautiful passage. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words, Jordan, these words, which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. I'll stop here for the sake of time and go on with some words. In this passage, God is encouraging us parents to teach his commandments to our children and live each day by the guidelines in his word. God emphasized the importance of parents teaching the Bible to their children. And we thank God for Randy and Natalie. I hear them uh, reciting verses and 
telling stories to, uh, uh, to uh, Haley before she goes to bed. The church, listen to this, the church, the Christian schools, Sunday schools cannot be used to escape from the responsibility of teaching our children at home. Eternal truths, and this is to each and every one of us, are most effectively learned in the loving environment of a God-fearing home. It is the importance of parents starting their children outright from their tender age to teach them from childhood the sacred writings which cannot be measured by any earthly standard. God wants us to realize that our children are a gift from him. Remember that and thank God for our children. They are an awesome gift and a big responsibility. And what are we going to do with these gifts when the Lord gives them to us? Two points and we'll pray. Our responsibility, first of all, parents, to be faithful to our Lord. It's required that we should be faithful to our Lord. The first responsibility of parents is to love the Lord with all their hearts, with all their soul, with all their might. That means before a parent can dedicate their children to the Lord, they must love the Lord themselves. Is that clear? Yes. Parents must be right with God. Meaning they must be faithfully studying the word, praying, worshiping, service, serving, and practicing the disciplines of the faith of God. They must not do it because God is worthy of their love and worship and their eyes must be focused on the Lord himself. Second responsibility. Our responsibility is to be trainers to our children. The passage I read, I read to you, tells us how to train our children. And I bring six points. First, train them when we are sitting down. He says, train them when we are walking. Train them when we are lying down. Train them when the word of God is in their hands. Train them when the word of God before their eyes on a regular basis. In other words, train them all the time. Do you agree with that? We need to do that. Train them all the time. Do you think this passage leaves us more any time out for more training? You bet. Yes, there are many tools available to train our children, but the one and only tool that guarantees results in the plan according to the sacred teaching of the Bible is the Word of God. The Word of God says clearly, train up a child in the way he should go. Where is it found? It's in the Bible. It's in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And then, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Without this book, and some people call it manual, without this manual, these children will never be trained. 
and the enemy will work in their lives and we lose them when they grow up. We say, well, we want to give them time to experience all the things in life. That is wrong. Let them experience the love of God first and then send them to the world. First, the love of parents and the love of God. And if you do not go according to this manual, to the word of God, you will lose your children. I've seen it, we've seen it, and most of you know about that. Now, I know how much Randy and Natalie love their children. I'm with them almost every day. And they are training them according to God's precepts and principles. And I have observed firsthand, you can say that, how this couple live and exercise their faith along with their responsibilities toward the, their two children. I'm seeing in Haley the immediate results, and they are amazing. And she says, I'm a Christian now. May God save her early, as she has Jesus in her heart. And I have no doubt that the same discipline that was exercised on her will be exercised on this little guy, Jordi. Randy and Natalie, I pray at this hour that our Lord will continue his great work in your lives and that you will train Jordan and we will see him along with his sister serving God as you both do. And we all say the glory goes to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's bring him up here. He is a little bit restless. I don't know what he's going to do to my face. Uh, Spencer wanted to choke me. I don't know what this guy is going to do. Hello. Uh, let us pray. Okay. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for this little gift that you have given us. And we pray at this hour, as we dedicate him, we dedicate him to you. As Samuel was dedicated and he went and spent his childhood in your presence, we pray that this wonderful boy will spend his childhood under the care of his mom and dad, and he will grow up to be a man of God, should you tarry. Bless him, grow him, touch his heart early in this life, Lord, and in his life, and give him good health so he can grow to know you and serve you the rest of his life. As for Randy and Natalie, may you continue blessing them until you come. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. See how he was okay? You see how good he was? He loves Papa. God bless him. God bless you. Take care, Make sure, Randy, when you teach him up to 10, you know what comes after 10. 11. <laughs> 11. Okay. Let's go into the meeting, and we want to ask now to listen to a song by 
Jenny, a song that I love, and I always, I mentioned that last year to her, to sing it every first Sunday of the new year. So listen to it, brings tears to my eyes, and may God bless her. Just the same, Lord, just the same. Let me love you just the same. Though my world will always change, let me love you just the same Time moves on Days go by Flowers bloom And then they die Seasons come Seasons go Fires burn to Ashes cold Just the same, Lord Just the same Let me love you just the same Though my world will always change Let me love you just the same Pages turn Chapters end Hopes arise and then descend. Lives are touched, plans are made. Youth matures and memories fade. Just the same, Lord, just the same. Let me love you just the same though my world will always change let me love you just the
hearts to love him more as he loved us and he gave himself for us. Happy New Year. That's the title of the message. Happy New Year. I told you that on Friday night. I read a little story at a large uh, school. The final classes had been held before year-end vacation. Some students started a fire in the yard, and uh, that was not supposed to happen. And soon, all the scholars gathered round. Suddenly, all faces paled. The headmaster walked towards them with a big black book which recorded all the misdeeds of the students. Amid tense silence, he said, this is year end. In this black book are things which may would like, which many of you would like blotted out. I now fling it into the fire that we may all start the new year with not a line against us. Amid cheers, he then cast it into the fire, and he heard the greatest noise from the students and the clap that all their misdeeds were gone forever. Thank God we may all start the new year putting all our misdeeds under the blood of Jesus Christ. And we can say all together, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Right? It's not 95%, though it's 95% in the, in the world is beautiful. And not 99%, all our sins. And I hope you will join me today of forgetting all our sins that are behind. Amen. Confess them and bury them forever and ever. And let us start together a new beginning. All right? This is the first Sunday. A new beginning as we stand at a threshold of a new year. Our minds ponder on what kind of a year it's going to be. What the days ahead have for us. What kind of destiny awaits us. Is it going to be a good year? Is it going to be a bad year? Success or failure? Prosperity or adversity? We need directions, O oh Lord, on what to do and how to move ahead on a path that we have not experienced before. We don't have a Christian ball to foretell like magicians do, which is nonsense. You have to understand that. 
I used to go to my manager, and uh, he used to, uh, to ask me, uh, you heard me saying that before, what, what do you foresee you're going to be 10 years from now? I, don't, I, I told him, I don't have a crystal ball. And he laughed. I said, I don't have it, and we don't have a crystal ball. We do our best, and we aim at being obedient to the Lord. And this is our crystal ball, the Word of God. If anyone can foretell the future, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is the God of the past, of the present, and of the future. He who said, I was with you, I am with you, he can say, and he says it, I will be with you till the end of the world. When he sent the disciples, and he told them, Lo, I am with you, until the, uh, the end of all ages. So... We have God to direct us. And at this beginning of the new year, Moses faced this situation that we are facing today. He didn't know where to go. After he got the, all the commandments that God gave him, gave him on Mount Sinai. And he came down. But before coming down, he asked the Lord, he says, where are we going from? He says, continue. And you know what? Moses told him, the man of God, what he told him. In uh, Exodus 33, verse 15. And he told God this. If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. There's another version. Version, I would like to read it to you. If you don't go with us personally, don't let us move a step from this place. Can we say that today? And it ought to be. If you are not going to lead us personally, we don't want to move from here. I don't want to take a step without the guidance of God. At this and this, what we need to ask, ask God to do for us and to lead us in. We can obtain his presence continually if we are sincere and if we are committed. Do you think with me that Moses was serious with God? He knew he had to take them to the land. He was on the eastern side of the uh, River Jordan. And he had over two million people to take over. Guide me. And God saw that he was sincere. And he was committed to take them in. He was serious. He was resolute. And he was hopeful. May the Lord help our hearts at the very beginning of this new year. To follow through on any resolution you have made two, three days ago. I don't know what resolutions you made. And any resolution, I tell you right now, without a commitment is a resolution in vain. I've seen many people, I want to quit smoking. Two weeks later, they're, they're smoking more. I want to quit drinking. They never quit. I want to quit doing this. They never do it. And many of us, I want to start a new diet. I've broken every resolution of that. 
The day I say I'm not going to eat peanut butter or peanuts, I eat more peanut butter than peanuts. Because there's no commitment. But when we commit, a resolution is good, but follow it with some actions, please, Adel. Daniel in the Bible, he's, when they, when they offered him to eat from all the delicacies of the king, he did one thing with the three Hebrews with him. He made up his mind. He resolved. He set upon his heart. He committed. He would not defile himself with the, from the king's choice food. And when he, God saw that he was committed, did God answer him? He went with him to the lion's den, didn't he? And if God sees our commitment today, we are not going to go unless you move ahead of us. You go personally along us. If he sees we are committed, I am not going to live a life I lived before from day on. Today, this is the first Sunday. I commit to you, Lord, that I want to follow, all, follow you all the way. What do you think God is going to do? He's going to help you, right? We have seen him. Late one December, an elementary school principal said to his teachers, let's all write our New Year resolutions about how we can be better teachers, and I'll put them on the staff bulletin board. In that way, we can be mutually supportive in our efforts to keep those resolutions. The teachers agreed, and when the resolutions were posted, they all crowded around the bulletin board and they started reading the resolutions, the different resolutions. But one of them, teachers in the group, suddenly went through a fit of anger. She said that the principal did not put up my resolution. I was one of the first ones to write a res resolution and give it to him, and he didn't post it. He doesn't care about me. That just shows what it's like to be around here. So suddenly the whole school is no good. On and on she ranted and raved, and she was so upset that they went to the principal, and the principal really overheard this from his office, and he was mortified. He hadn't meant to exclude her at all. Quickly, he rummaging through the papers on his desk, he found it and immediately went to the bulletin board and posted her resolution. The resolution read, I resolve not to let little things upset me anymore. <laughs> How would you like that, Dave? <laughs> Resolution, no commitment. Moses resolved. He committed, I'm going to take. I'm going to take them. Moses was final in his request, without you. Wow. We are not moving. Without you, we are not moving. 
Let us move right to the point, and that is, if we are willing to commit our ways to him, he then will take charge of our lives. Listen to what God answered and said to him, also in the same chapter, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. How about that? When he sees our hearts, when we seize our commitment, when we seize that we are serious with him, not we're, we're not playing games, he said, I'm waiting for this. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I, my presence, will go with you, and I will give you rest. Now, if we made this commitment, if you made this commitment, Lord, I am not moving in my life. I am not following my own agenda. I want to go according to your own plan for me. Put me on your plan. Please, Lord, and I'm not going to take any action in my life unless you tell me that's okay, go forward, Edo. Then he, when he tells me go forward, that means I'm not going to go alone. I want to give, bring you five points in about 10 minutes. Okay? What are the results of giving the reins to the Lord? Asking him to lead us in this new year. Number one, he said, I will be above you. In Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse 39, we read, Know therefore today, and take it to your heart, that the Lord, he is God in heaven above, and on the earth below, and there is no other. He will be watching over you. This is a promise. A promise to guard you. With his own eyes upon you. You should know that he watches over us, so no plague will come near your dwelling. For he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. In James 1.17, we read, He is above all things, and he sees you to bless you and to provide a perfect life for you. How about that? Don't you like to be blessed? Ask him to be with you. Every good thing bestowed upon every, every one of us is a perfect gift. And it is from above. How would you like to walk every day knowing that he's above you, he's guarding you, and his eyes are upon you, and you're protected? How would you like that, to have this umbrella? How would you like that? And God is in his church. And as a member of your church, remember, you are under a great umbrella. And may the Lord bless you to commit your life to him, and he will never leave you, as we said. That's one. He's above. Two, he's underneath. Again, in Deuteronomy, chapter 33, verse 27. The eternal God is a dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. How would you like this underneath you? That suggests that he is a refuge, a dwelling place. 
our only true security along this new and unknown path that we talked about is Jesus with his eternal arms under you. How often we entrust our lives to other things. We insure our lives, don't we? Uh, maybe most of you have an insurance. We buy life insurance. And it's only, you know, this life, in life insurance, it's only good after death. Did you ever think of that? It is a false type of security. Perhaps we entrust money, savings, career, a noble cause, or a lifelong dream. But our only true refuge is the eternal God, who always holds out his arms to catch us when we fall. And do we fall? Do we stumble? And I assure you, if he is going with you, when you stumble, you are going to fall on a very cushioned hand, the hand of the Lord underneath. And that's what he said. No storm can destroy you. Even when we fall, we hit a strong, everlasting arms. What a refuge. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So what did we see for? He's above, he's underneath. And who's in the middle? You, right? You, what is sandwich? You are sandwiched. You have God's love above you, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And walk. And he says, I will go with you. My presence will go with you. One more. He's before you to lead you. And Isaiah said, I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. We, he knows that we are in this life facing difficulties. Mothers and fathers, families, we have difficulties in life. How to make the two ends meet? How to provide for our children? How to cover the mortgage? How to uh, send our children to college? Or how to give them the education we need to give them? There are so many difficulties that we we face in life. He says, I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through their iron bars. If God is going with you, all the difficulties he will take care of. He will protect you. And is there a better promise than this? To make your rough places smooth? Your life, when you place it in his hands, and when he's above, he's underneath, and he is going before you, he guides you in the path of righteousness. Your foot can never go astray. Your life can never be lost. You will never go on drugs. You will never go with the uh, gangs of the world today. You will follow righteousness and you will be at home safely with your mother and father. And if you are a young man and living alone, 
God will always guide you and protect you until he comes again. That's an assurance in the word of God. That's the only policy that you can depend on. The psalmist writes, he leads me where? To ugly places? Listen to me, young men and women. He leads me, he says, he leads me besides quiet waters. That's the promise. He will take care of you. He says also, he restores my soul. If I go a little bit astray, he brings me back. That's a promise he made. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. What a guide. He goes before you. We'll never get lost. If he is leading you, can you get lost? Never. Ever. But without his leadership, we can get lost. And there are many ships that were wrecked because they didn't have the Lord Jesus Christ in their lives. One more. He promised I'll be around you. In Psalm 125, 2, we read, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. He will surround you forever. Not for a moment, not for a certain time in your life, not when you're young and he'll leave you when you're old. No, not at all. He will surround you all the time. He who trusts in the Lord, mercy, the Bible says, shall surround him. How would you like to go into the new year with having him above you, underneath you, before you, and he surrounds you? Now, can the arrows of the enemy reach you? No. Can the devil touch you? I can assure you today that devil cannot even come near you if God is your guide. If you take God as your guide, that is, if you are saved, if you committed your life to him, if you resolved in your heart and committed your life to be his, no one can touch you. And above all, he is within you. He is within you. In Ezekiel chapter 37, 36 verse 27, it says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. I will make you walk. It won't be difficult then to walk with God. It'll be easy. Why? You have surrendered your life to him. You have told him as Moses told him, I am not moving. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to go if, to a dance party. Why? Because if you go, I will go. He is putting God responsible. I'm not going to go to that place unless you go. I'm not going to cross to the other side unless you cross. You lead, and I will follow. Isn't that an easier life for you and me? Tell me. Christianity is not difficult. You know we make it difficult. 
And we make it difficult for God to deal with us because we want to lead our lives. And this is why at the very beginning of this year, it's good to commit our lives into him and say, Lord, lead me. Lord, take me. Lord, I will not move until you move before me and go with me. And that's my message to you today. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, we read, in part, Christ lives in me. Paul said that. Can we say with Paul, Christ lives in me. He cannot cohabitate with any. He either has the preeminence or, the, or zero. He cannot, you cannot say Christ lives on this upper part and I will live on this part with all my desires and all my programs in life. It doesn't work. He doesn't share it. All right, Lord, I give you 95% and 5% for myself. It doesn't work. It will have to be 100%. You cannot have apartments in your heart. You cannot. Yeah, Adam. You will have to give him the whole house, all the keys and everything when he occupies your life. And you can say, I will not move without you. Guess what? He will move you to green pastures. He will give you success in life. He'll give you success at school. He'll give you success at work. He will promote you. He'll give you everything your heart desires if what you desire is his will above anything else. We're done. Don't you think this is a win-win situation? Why do you want to be a loser? Why? Why? If you want to be a winner, let's start this new year together and say, Lord, I will go where you lead me. As the hymn writer said, where he leads me, I will follow. I will follow him all the way. With the promise of God's presence and help, we can move forward in 2011 with utmost confidence, giving him the reins, resolving as we cross this threshold that our Savior is with us and with consecrated hearts and surrendered lives. Let us say, Lord, take everything and lead me. And guess what? Leave the results to him. Amen? Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, as we cross the first Sunday of this year, we will not go forward unless you go with us. Help our hearts to be obedient. Our lives to put it in your hands. Every footstep we take may it be directed by you. Take charge of our lives. May everyone here today, every person will not leave this place until say, Lord, I want to commit. I, want, I resolved. I, am, I made up my mind that you go before me. I will not go without you. Bless each and every one. And help us to honor you this year 
by consecrating our lives to you first and to our responsibilities. Dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. Have a happy new year. As I said, happy new year. And uh, God will bless you and take care of you if you give him the reins. <laughs>